right, guys. So on Monday, I was talking to you about the ongoing leftist civil war that is occurring due to the conflict in Gaza. You now have two distinct factions inside the left-wing movement. You have the more woke, radical, progressive version of leftism, and they are obviously pushing a decolonization narrative in support of the Palestinians. They are viewing this whole thing through the oppressor-oppressed lens, saying the Israelis are the oppressors and the Palestinians are the oppressed. And they say, this is the way that we should understand this conflict. And then you have the more established liberal version of the left-wing movement, and they are continuing their traditional support for the state of Israel. And this is creating a really interesting uh, old guard, new guard dynamic inside that movement, an interesting rift between kind of the new and the old on that side. However, what I didn't see coming was that we would see another version of this dynamic play out in another area of the political spectrum. Now, recently, video has surfaced of Ben Shapiro of the Daily Wire talking about one of the hosts on his network, Candace Owens, and he repeatedly calls her disgraceful. Let's watch that real quick. Yes, uh, the, the question is about Candace Owens. I think her behavior during this is disgraceful. Without a doubt, Candace Owens is disgraceful. So we see here Shapiro repeatedly call Owens disgraceful. He doesn't really mince words. Now you have to understand when there are networks like this, there's going to be disagreement. I mean, that's kind of the whole point. When you have multiple hosts, there's going to be multiple viewpoints and they're not always going to be in sync. And of course, that's a good thing. That's what you want, right? It would be extremely boring if you had a news network where every single host, every single columnist had exactly the same view. If you had this one unified take on every headline, on every policy decision, on every ideological point, then there would be really no reason to have multiple people on the network. You could just have one guy march out, give the opinion to network, and that would be it. And so when you have a network, you're going to have multiple personalities. And at some point, those personalities are going to disagree. They might even clash. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Even when you have a network that is supposed to be somewhat ideologically aligned, right? Daily Wire is a conservative news network. And so in general, the people there have a similar vision about kind of where America should be going and what it looks like, maybe some shared values. But again, you don't want lockstep uniformity. That's boring. That defeats the whole purpose of having a network. I work for a conservative news network, and I think it's great that there are multiple voices that are heard. One of the reasons I'm with them is I have never run into a scenario where I'm not able to voice my opinion, even if it's different from some of the other hosts on the network. I think that's healthy. That's a good dynamic for any of these organizations. However, this is really important because Ben Shapiro is not just some host on the Daily Wire. He is the founding guy of the Daily Wire along with Jeremy Boring. He's arguably the biggest host on the Daily Wire and he clearly has a good amount of editorial control when it comes to the voice that Daily Wire is trying to project as a network. So when he comes out and directly attacks basically what is one of his employees, that's a pretty big deal. Now you can understand why Ben is passionate about this issue. He is himself Jewish. He probably has a large amount of family or friends directly involved or possibly in danger in this scenario. You can understand his passion. Sometimes it feels like he gets 
pretty heated on this stuff, but but you get where he's coming from. That, that makes some sense. But what you have here is that kind of in this scenario with that passion and with this audience, he seems willing to go directly after Owens and call her motives into question. That's the really interesting thing. He repeatedly calls her disgraceful, but he also says that there's faux sophistication and that everyone can see the moves that she's making. And that implies what she's doing is somehow premeditated or planned or disingenuous, that it's not really her position or that it's calculated to get her something out of this. And that's a really interesting thing for him to say. I mean, looking at what Owens has said, is there really anything that's super objectionable? I haven't seen everything she said on the issue, but from what I can tell, it doesn't seem like that's the case. She really just seems to be coming at this from a more neutral position. She says, I want to be America first. I'm an American. She looks at the scenario. From what I can tell, she hasn't said anything like, you know, I support this or what happened, or I think that Israel shouldn't be able to defend itself or questioning Israel's right to to exist or any of that stuff it seems like she's generally said okay this is terrible but is this america's conflict is this america's problem and it, it seems like for ben the answer is yes and if you say no then you're in some pretty serious trouble with him and i don't think that's a really healthy thing to do for the conservative movement look there's a lot of people like myself like tucker carlson and it seems to some extent like candace owens who have said what happened was terrible. Hamas was evil for doing what they did. Israel has the right to defend themselves. They have a right to take action in this scenario. However, as an American, I think this is Israel's problem. I, I wish them the best in what they do. I, I hope the best for them. However, this is not our issue. And I think it's important to say that. A lot of people say, oh, no, if you voice any kind of concern about the next steps that might be taken, then you're anti-Israel I think, or anti-Jewish. And I think that's ridiculous. When you look at what's happening, what happened directly after the beginning of this conflict, you can see how desperately many people wanted to involve the United States in the ongoings of this Middle Eastern conflict. For years, Hollywood's been lacking when it comes to stories of redemption. Movies and TV shows have trended towards the anti-hero, a flawed person who makes no effort to change and just becomes worse and worse as the story goes on. Well, here's some great news. The Blind, The True Story of the Robertson Family is now available for purchase on Blaze TV. Maybe you've made a mess of your life. Maybe someone you love is in a dark place. Maybe all of the above. If you or someone you know feels beyond redemption, you need to watch this movie. And you'll see there's always hope. The Blind takes you on an incredible journey through the life of Phil Robertson, giving you an intimate look into the man behind the legend and the trials, triumphs, and values that shaped him through the years. While The Blind wasn't a Blaze Media production, since Phil is such a big part of our Blaze TV family, we wanted to make sure that you had the opportunity to stream it here. Because it isn't ours, we can't include it as part of the subscription, but if you'd rather purchase it and stream it here rather than Apple or Amazon, we wanted to make sure that you had the opportunity to do that. Make sure to act now. Don't miss this opportunity to own The Blind, a Phil Robinson story on Blaze TV. You can buy it today at blazetv.com, The Blind, for $19.99. That's blazetv.com slash The Blind. You had the Republicans immediately call for billions and billions of dollars in spending to Israel, a country that does not need American tax dollars. It's a wealthy, first world nation that is very sophisticated, both technologically and militarily. They are very capable of defending themselves. And they apparently they need to be when you look at what happened, what Hamas did. 
But the point is they don't need American money. That that move was entirely symbolic. Just handing someone $15 billion when your country is in a number of very serious crises, just so you can signal your, your political bona fides is a terrible idea. That's a terrible move. It makes no sense for people who are supposed to be America first, who are supposed to be prioritizing the United States and the well-being of its people before the well-being of other nations. And I don't think it's terrible or criminal. I don't think it's disgraceful to express that viewpoint. And again, you can see how people were very interested in immediately involving the United States in kind of the fallout of what would happen here. There was just an article run in the Wall Street Journal authored by two people, one who was a former Mossad director and one who was an Israeli ambassador to the United Nations. And it said, look, the West needs to be willing to take in Gazan refugees. The West, because so many of these people have been displaced by the violence, they need to be allowing Palestinian refugees into their countries. Now, that is patently insane. Look, if Israel does not want to have Palestinians in their own country, why would these people belong in any Western country, right? That, that's absolutely ridiculous. The West already has huge problems, especially when it comes to Europe with Muslim migration into those countries, the way it has transformed those countries, that has transformed their culture, it has transformed their way of life. There's large blocks of Muslim immigrants who are not assimilating into their culture. And the United States certainly does not need potentially terrorist sympathizing immigrants inside the United States. Again, if they don't belong in Israel, and they then they certainly don't belong in European nations or America. It just makes no sense. But this is the kind of stuff that many people, myself included, were worried about when there was this immediate rush to saying, anything, everything. We have to support Israel in every single way. Again, Israel has a right to exist. They are a nation. And just like any other nation, the, they can exist to the extent that they can defend themselves. I know that sounds harsh, but that's just true. That's the nature of geopolitics. If you're a nation, your first job is your ability to maintain your territorial integrity and to defend the people of your nation against harm. Israel seems to understand that, and they're working very hard to do exactly that. And there's no reason why European nations or the United States shouldn't have exactly the same goal. And that means not allowing people into their nation that Israel wouldn't allow into their nation. It simply doesn't make any sense from a preservation standpoint. There's no reason to go out and signal yourself as supporting things that are going to hurt your country even though something terrible happened to another country. And I think once again, we see a generational split on the right when it comes to this. You have the old guard of the right, the more neoconservative version of the right, and they're immediately gung-ho, let's get in there. We have to defend Israel at any cost. We have to give them money. Uh, maybe we have to accept refugees. You know, We don't know, but, but whatever they need, whatever's going on, we have to immediately evolve ourselves. We have people like Nikki Haley saying that, the United States wouldn't exist without Israel, ridiculous stuff like that. And there's just, you, you can feel how stale and old that is and how much it's not supported kind of by the newer crop of the right, the new, newer, younger conservative crowd. Again, a lot of people who have sympathy for Israel, a lot of people who agree with its right to exist and his right to defend itself, but they just don't want to see American troops, American tax dollars. They don't want to see America in general involving itself unnecessarily with a foreign conflict. 
again, if it was directly in the interest of the United States, that might be a question that you want to ask. Or if there was even some dynamic where Israel couldn't afford or it was fighting a, a vastly superior enemy, I, I still don't think I would probably support that. But at least then there would be an argument as to why the United States would need to ship them billions of dollars and why it would need to consider you know, moving carrier groups in and, and accepting refugees and all this stuff. At least there would be some kind of dynamic where that would make sense. But this doesn't make any sense at all. I don't think it makes Candace Owens disgraceful or conniving or disingenuous for simply saying, I think we should put America first. I think America's interests should be forefront. And I think it's totally reasonable for us to ask questions about U.S. involvement in foreign conflicts before we just go diving in head first. I, I don't think it's really a good thing to have this civil war between conservatives as well. I don't think that needs to exist. I think there's a very common sense position that everyone should be able to reach where Israel is a sovereign nation with the right to defend its territorial integrity, but it is a sovereign nation and the United States simply does not need to involve itself directly in any kind of aid or conflict or refugee resettlement. Again, if refugees uh, are too dangerous or violent or or they they wouldn't fit in culturally in israel they certainly aren't going to fit in in alabama or in germany there's, there's just no reason for them to relocate be relocated there so I, I don't know guys you can tell me what you think below i think it, it wasn't in good form i think there should be the allowance for differences inside uh, kind of the conservative commentariat the, the right wing you should be able to think about this in different ways express those opinions but thank you for watching guys and as always i'll talk to you next time